And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars, and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi! A weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, the clones of The Bad Batch find themselves in a changing galaxy after the Clone Wars. There will be... Lula! Good soldiers follow war crimes... And we're back in animation, baby! That's why I sound so excited! We're back in animation! We're talking about the Bad Batch Episode 1 Aftermath this week. I love animation, Chris. Yeah, look at her, everybody. She's oh. so happy. So oh, happy. Oh, I didn't even get a nap today, and I feel great. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. I'm in animation town, and I love it. How you doing, Chris? Good. Have a good week, you know, other than the world yeah, exploding. Long, uh. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Enjoy this. The good times of... I saw a great comic, and it was like, do you remember what the good times used to be? And the other person was like, no, nah, my brain got fried from all the hand sanitizer fumes for two years. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a good week, I would say. Um... What did I do? Oh, I I don't know. I had a good week. I don't even remember the last anything. It was good. I'm here. I'm alive. And I'm great. And we're talking animation and Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Yeah, so. another new show. We are. Another new show. Though I might that be That I wrong. have access to the soundtrack to oh, Resistance. I'm Please still really smart for that. Michael Tavera, please release your soundtracks. Disney and Lucasfilm, please release your soundtracks for Resistance. We want them. Um, no, yeah, yeah. Though it's really interesting because I actually thought Bad Batch was the spring show, but everything's looking like Kenobi in May. And I was like, well, that would have to be because that's two months away. And I don't think you can get in a season of Bad Batch unless it was a shortened season or they would overlap. And they usually don't like things to overlap. They usually like to have shows stand on their own So. I don't know. I don't know if Bad Batch is coming back before Kenobi. I, I, at this point, it doesn't look like it because all promotion is churning towards Kenobi first. So maybe Bad Batch is the summer show then. And that would put Andor in the fall. And I don't know where Ahsoka is going to be because Mando's probably going to be the winter show. So I don't, I don't know when Bad Batch is coming back, to be honest with you, unless it's just going to overlap with another show. When is May 4th this year? That's a good question. May 4th is a Wednesday. So that would put Kenobi on a Wednesday. So maybe Bad Batch will be the Friday. It's funny. It's the day our show comes out. Ah, that is true. That is true. Whew. This is going to be a long episode, everybody, because it was a 70-minute opening. It was basically a movie. It was. And I was I was trying to like break this down because usually a normal episode is 20 minutes. So you got it in seven. I got it in six. So I'm just going to adjust to yours. I'll just have to adjust. I, my 
I honestly just went one of my lines in my notes. I'll just like see where you're, you know, with the story. I can tell by my notes where. I honestly just went like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Like just 10s across the board because it's, it's like three episodes plus one. Plus like, it's like three and a half episodes long. So that means that this is going to be a long podcast. (laughs) And we're going to have fun doing it. I hope you guys are all ready because I am pumped for this. Uh, there we go. There you go. Wouldn't you be wouldn't be the show without it. Yep, yep. Actually, you ready to get on into this? Oh yeah, I'm ready. So, what'd you think of it? I liked it. Um, I liked some parts of it better than the first time. And there's, I, I, I picked up a few quibbles in the the second time. Some, some minor quibbles. I what I enjoyed the most about it was the tone of it and the tonal shifts in it were really were really cool, you know. And with the with the yeah. amount of time that they had to do it, it was it was neat to see. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. get into it more when we break down the. Honestly, like, I I was telling Chris beforehand, like I'm interested in going back through this because one of my biggest quibbles going through Bad Batch was we didn't know if this was a standalone show or if there was going to be a season two until the finale. And so a lot of my quibbles was getting into the second half, which was, will there be a season two? And if there was not going to be a season two, I was like, then these characters need to be going faster. I think it was um, some resistance PTSD working with you there. I know. Like, is there going to be more? I don't it just know. Just work out from under me. Oh my God. Yeah. So That's why it's so weird because usually when they announce a show, like for example, like, they flat out said that Kenobi and Lando are mini series. They like they specifically say those things, and then they said that um, you know Andor was going to be a series and Mando's is a series. They just they didn't say any of those like keywords for Bad Batch, so we had just no clue right. if it well, was going can, to be standalone or not. Kenobi, Kenobi, and probably Lando. Hopefully, if they if they get a, uh, um, uh, I just want to call him Danny Glover. It's not Danny Glover. It's Donald. Donald Glover. That's what screws me up is it's both with 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 a D. And if they if they get him and with, you know, with um now I want to say Liam Neeson with um what's his name is Kenobi. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is you're, Kenobi. You're zero for they're, two they're expensive. Night. They're expensive movie actors. You know, they're you know, like committing them to a series would be mucho expensive and probably just improbable because they probably want to make movies and or music and you know, do do you know they 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 would have to like sort of commit to to a TV show and uh, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm sure Disney's like, well, you never know. They might have so much fun that we can, in you know, pull in, a, you know, or they might contractualize a few cameos for other shows where applicable, and uh, and go from there. But like, yeah, those those ones, like, and uh, although Lando, like, I would I would rather just have a series of Lando movies, you know. Like every couple of years, an hour and a half Lando movie comes out, and it's just fun. It's just basically a heist movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would be, I would be very happy with that. 
But a Lando TV show could be really good too. I think Lando has like some of the m- most possibilities, entertainment possibilities of a show. Yeah. In of of all of them, but yeah, I can see why they would 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 limit them because you know that was probably part of how they got the actors to 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 be in them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I I'm. I was telling Chris I'm excited to get into the second half of the show because I th- actually think the first half is really strong, but it started treading treading water for me personally in the second half. But that's because we didn't know that there was going to be a season two. So now that I know, I'm I'm interested to like kind of like go back through it because and see if I still feel that way. But I mean, about this episode, I I think this is easily one of the strongest opening salvos of any show, and part of that is time. <laughs> 70 minutes is a blessing for a show <laughs> because this is basically a movie. Um, it is. I'm going to argue that they could have shortened it. There was, there was a bit of like repetitive dialogue and, and dialogue heavy sections that they could have trimmed down, but like having it, having, yeah, having it be this long really gave it a chance to like really set the premise of the show, you know, to, just sort of plant all the seeds for the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, guys, I'm probably gonna outscore Chris on this. It'll be fun. <laughs> I already we'll know see. just from us talking. So. We'll see. All right. I haven't looked at your score yet. So I can already tell it's probably gonna be higher. Oh, you ready? <laughs> A smart hope set them up to, so they have to go to the, end of the show <laughs> because we have a we have a special mp3 you can't fast forward it you just have it has to play all the way through so jane's jane's like let me out of here <laughs> <laughs> i just well, wonder how many people just how many speed. people were like slid it forward 30 seconds and like he's lying or they're like "Ooh, my <laughs> player just defeated their their algorithm <laughs> Now we would be really evil if we sent Gene a episode where he can't listen to it at like five plus speed. He has to listen to it at normal speed. <laughs> He'd be just like, "Why is everything so slow?" We've just All attached right. weights to the to the MP3 so it can't speed up. Yes, because that's how sound. It's got works. chains and weights <laughs> lashed to it. That's how sound works, everybody. Just I'm a sound engineer, guys. Just stick. It. Put some <laughs> chains and weights on that. His voice, he's talking too fast. It's okay. We can put some chains on him in post. We'll hook him to a Mack truck. You know, somebody on the internet would believe you. All right, anyway, you ready to get into this? I am. Aftermath is the first episode of The Bad Batch. It aired on May 4th. Oh, that's wrong. That's a wrong date. May 4th, 2020, not 2021. That would have, that hasn't. That no wait was it twenty it was twenty twenty one right? It's all a blur. I don't know. The last two years don't exist. Time is. I don't think it was as far back as twenty twenty. No, it was. No, no. Boy, boy, I'm unreliable. No, because twenty twenty was Clone Wars. So that is right. It's twenty twenty one. That was because I remember sitting on my mom's couch watching Clone Wars. So yeah, so that was 2020. All right, time doesn't exist, guys. It was written by Jennifer Corbett and Dave Filoni, and it was directed by Stuart Lee and Saul Ruiz and Nathaniel Villanova. Nathaniel Villanova. Some extra information for you. You know him. You love him. D. Bradley Baker reprises his role of all the clones in this series. 
Omika is voiced by Michelle Ang. Her other works include Fear the Walking Dead, Flight 462, The New Legends of Monkey, and Vegas. Depa Balaba is voiced by Archie Punjabi. Her other works include Snowpiercer, the TV series, Blind Spot, and The Good Wife. Reprising their roles in this show, we have Freddie Prince Jr. back as Caleb Doom, aka Kanan Jarrus, Ben Diskin as AZ3, Matthew Wood as the Battle Droids, Ian McDermott as Darth Sidious, Bob Bergen as Lama Sue, Gwendolyn Yao as Nalase, Stephen Stanton as Tarkin, and Andrew Kishino as Saul Guerrera. Now, on a sadder note, Tom came. On a sadder note, Tom Kane, of course, reprised his role as the voice of war narrator. But December of 2020, Kane's daughter revealed that he suffered a major stroke and will more than likely have to retire early from voice acting. If that is so and holds true, then this is one of Tom Kane's final Star Wars voice roles, which is very sad. I, I remember, I think we found that out when we were podcasting, actually. Um, and we were both like, no. Um, so we love you, Tom Kane. The Bad Batch is a spinoff from the final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars, following the Bad Batch clones in the aftermath of The Clone Wars. The announcement described the series as Dave Filoni's vision, and he served as executive producer alongside of Athena Portello as supervising director, uh, alongside Athena Portello, supervising director Brad Rowell, who both worked on Rebels and Resistance, and head writer Jennifer Corbett, who also worked on Resistance, along with Carrie Beck, Josh Rimes as executive co-producers. Filoni described the series as very much in the vein of of the Clone Wars and said it would stay true to Lucas's visions for that series of telling epic, exciting adventure stories. In August 2021, it was released as a two-part first... uh, In August 2021, before the release of the two-part first season finale, the series was officially renewed for a second season. The episode contains animated versions of the scenes from Attack of... (sighs) Oh, can't read! The episode contains animated versions of scenes from uh, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and the newsreel, including Obi-Wan Kenobi killing a headless Magna Guard, Anakin Skywalker killing security battle droids to rescue Chancellor Sheev Palpatine, as well as General Grievous in his escape pod and a shuttle going to Utapau. And Chris got one final look at his grievy. One final. Uh, I know, you got... they. They slid one in there for you for him Who to knows? do his, Who knows? To do his Who front flip, flip and run off into into the unknown. Who knows? We might see some stories in that time period someday and Maybe. Maybe uh, he'll have his own mini series origin mini series. Maybe. That would be fun. I'd be I'd actually be really down for that. And find out how he met Gore. I think I would be down for that, yes. Figure out how he met Gore. He mm-hmm. met Gore. It's a little gore. Baby gore. I mean, if, if, if Boba Fett can get a rancor, we can find out how Grievous met gore. Yeah. Kevin Kiner returns to the animated Star Wars, uh, returns to animated Star Wars as the composer for the series. He wrote the Bad Batch theme for the final season of Clone Wars and described the score of the Bad Batch as an evolution from its predecessor with a mix of electronic and, or- and orchestral elements. Kiner was inspired by the soundtrack of the Guns of Nav. Navarone and the Dirty Dozen, which both feature bands of characters similar to the Bad Batch. There are also a lot of cool design choices with the clones in the episode. Post Order 66, the clones don't have color in their armor anymore, removing the influence of the Jedi that the Jedi put on them as individuals. 
The opening Order 66 sequence did cause a bit of a continuity error that made a bit of a kerfluffle in the fandom. I chose to write the word kerfluffle, and then I tripped all over it all by myself because I chose to write kerfluffle. While it does follow the same beats, parts of the opening contradicts the canon the last Padawan comic. I will say, I was one of those kerfluffle people because I was like, this is not canon the last Padawan. But it is always important to treat Star Wars like a mythology, not as facts, because there will be times when stories don't line up perfectly from a certain point of view. The something important that did come out of this episode was a discussion of whitewashing in the show. Kanan's skin color in this episode is drastically lighter than it is in Star Wars Rebels. Because remember, Kanan is a person of color in this franchise. There were also discussions about how the Bad Batch, seen as superior to other clones, are much whiter in skin tone versus the regular clones, all based on the Maui actor Tamara Morrison. It has prompted an ongoing campaign called Unwhitewash the Bad Batch online and calls for more people of color working behind the scenes. That, yeah, Kanan's a little, who's that 30-year-old white boy? <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <gasps> Hi, Yoda. Kanan a little weird in this, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I actually, I hope, this is not a joke. The first time I watched this episode, I did not realize it was Kanan. For, Sometimes like, with the force, the puberty happens early. Yeah, it does. How are you? I'm, are you so much better now that you don't have yeah, Grogu? So far away, Grogu. Yeah. Bye. Oh, but he'll be back. No more Grogu. No more Grogu for seventeen no whole. More Grogu. Seventeen weeks of no Grogu. No. Grogu. You know. Ever. But don't you don't you miss him his his widow face? No, he's, Yoda he's, does not miss widow face. He's practically no. widow face. No, in Yoda's brain, widow face X. Mm. Widow widow bubby face face. Mm, so cute. Mm. Yeah, you're just sweet boy, you baby. Do not understand in Yoda's people is. Grogu is very ugly baby. Mm. Mm, maybe deformed. Yes. He's a sweet boy. Very sweet boy. He's a good baby. Yes, you can't... Uh, humans can't tell, but... Uh, no, he's sweet. Uh, God bless him. He's a sweet baby boy. Sweet, sweet Yoda says, bless his heart. Hey! Does the best he can with what he has. I am from the South. I know what bless your heart means. <laughs> you know, it's from the South Galaxy, too. Yeah, South Central oh, Galaxy. South oh, gee. Galaxy. Represent. <laughs> Yoda is representing for South Central Galaxy. You know, I was going to say, like, like ask you a question about Order 66. Quadrant was... 143! I was going to ask you a question about Order 66, but you know, I just, I, it's good to check in on you. How, how are, are, are you feeling better now that you have your podcast space back from Grogu? Yes. Did yes. you burn, did you burn his trailer? Trailer? Grogu gets trailer? Yeah, he, of course he had a trailer. Mm. 
Why does Yoda not have trailer? Why does Yoda have old old thermos in, in a cooler? That's where Chris keeps you in his house? So that was Yoda's trailer, not a trailer. Yeah, you Grogu lived in a car. He's poor. He absolutely didn't have a full trailer with like golden steps or people to serve him and bring him drinks and chicken nuggies. No, he didn't have any of that. Yoda wants chicken nuggies. Yes. Yoda wants M&M's, but no green M&M's. Remind Yoda of Yoda eggs. Oh, just the thought. Just the thought is gross. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grogu certainly didn't get like... Oh, Yoda eggs. Yoda eggs. Or are they called... Right in the Yoda eggs. Are they called egg does? Gross. So yo 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 I can't. I try to make a funny pun and I failed. Anyway, Yoda, I'm happy you're back and you have this space of your own and it's all yours again. I'm so happy for you. Yoda's much much happier. Yoda's <laughs> much more comf- comfortable. Yes. Good. Good. I am glad. Well, we have a lot to talk about with Bad Batch, so I'm going to put you back in your cooler trailer and just close the lid. I throw a piece of bologna in there and call it craft services. (laughs) I mean, you let, like, Dario sleep in your tent in your backyard. You can't can't at least, like, put Yoda out there at least on nice summer days. I'm not putting Yoda in that tent. No. Dario kept the tent clean. I'm not... (laughs) Oh yeah, <laughs> cleaning up that tent after Yoda. That's true. Yoda's, you have to, Yoda's gonna be like en- entertaining raccoons in there and stuff in my backyard. You know. Oh, that'd actually be really sweet. <laughs> you think so? Sounds sweet. Yeah. But... It's like giving like what 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 are they called in Mary Poppins? Like toppins to birds, teppins, toppins, peppins. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen Mary Poppins. You've never seen Mary Poppins? I have. There's a lot of Disney cartoons I have not seen. It's not a cartoon. It's live action. It's a cartoon action. Live cartoon action. I used to to have have the record and storybook to it. So I know the general story of it. And I used to actually listen to it a lot as a kid. But I don't think I've ever seen the movie. It's fun. I mean, it's. A classic Disney movie. It's fun. It's cute. So, all right. You ready? I am as ready as I'm going to be, I guess. Seven acts. Let's go. Act one. Act one. We open with betrayal. I had to do one more more Tom Kane voice because we love you, Tom Game. Betrayal! We open with the Clone Wars, and it is crazy, and things are exploding, but you know what? We're starting to see some Episode 3 stuff happening in this opening, and we zoom down to the planet. Uh, what's the planet called? Like, Collar or something? I don't Cholera? I don't remember what it's called. They zoom down to the planet, and there is my dear sweet Depa Bialba, and she is fighting with her clone trooper, and they're, like, under siege fire, and they're all like, everything sucks, and it's snowy! And Depa's like, yeah, but at least I can see things, because in the comic it was nighttime, so this is a lot better. And he, she, and she's like, where's my Padawan? Like, you know, my Padawan's supposed to have reinforcements. 
And out of nowhere, this 30-year-old white boy comes up, and she's like, who the fuck are you? You're not my Padawan. And he's like, yes, I am. I am Caleb Doom. And one day I will be Kanan Jarrus. She's like, okay, where's our reinforcement child that I don't know? And he's like, they're coming. They're coming. We just have to watch and wait for them. And in the distance, there is a rumbling. And the battle droids, the battle droids are here. And they're just like, what's that noise? And they turn around. They're like, shoot, whatever's in the forest. And a rat comes out and smushes them. And they're all just like, no. And then the bad batch emerges like the Star Wars (laughs) A-Team. In my head, I went, and now I will do the A-Team music, and it's the John Cena theme, which is definitely not the A-Team music. John Cena. Anyway, I hope it's going off the rails, and it's only Act 1. And they come in, and they just decimate the droids. Like, and everyone's just watching, like, wow, that was fun. And... For any new viewers that for some reason is watching this, and they haven't seen seven season of Clone Wars, Kanan is just like, these are my new friends, the Bad Batch. Here is Wrecker, and he is strong, and here is Tech, and he is smart, and this is Echo, and he's been here since season one. <laughs> but we don't know that. Um, and this is Hunter, he's the leader, and this is Crosshair, and he's an asshole. The Bad Batch, everybody, in case you didn't see any of Clone Wars, that's who they are. And they're cool, like, cool. And they have to go, like, get ready for more reinforcements because more droids are coming. But Tech's like, I don't know, guys. There's some weird chatter going on on the comms. Like, everyone's talking about this, like, order. And they're like, that doesn't matter right now. We have to fight. And Kanan's like, Master, can I go off and with these guys that I just met? And she's like, sure, have fun. And he runs off of the Bad Batch. But as they're running away, there's a disturbance in the forest. And Deppa looks a little, like, 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 kind of furrows her brow, like, what's happening? Behind her, she hears the words, Order me a nice taco, because I'm very hungry. Someone send me a taco, but also execute Order 66. And the clones look at Deppa, and she's just like, oh, fuck me. And they start firing, and Deppa's just like, ah! And she starts fighting and fighting. And Kanan stops, and he looks back, and he sees his master, and she screams for him to run. And she, and she screams, and it's actually, I actually really like this moment in the comic, because uh, she makes him a promise, and she's like, I promise I will be right behind you. And Kanan thinks, that's the only time my master ever lied to me. Um, and so she, like, so she screams for him to run, and he hears her die, and he runs back the other way and runs into the Bad Batch. The whole time, the Bad Batch don't know what the fuck is going on. They were like, why is everyone shooting the Jedi? What is happening? And then Kanan runs up, and they're like, Kid, are you okay? And he's just like, oh, don't get me! And he goes running off into the woods, and Hunter's like, okay... What's happening, everybody? And Tech's like, all I hear is this thing called Order 66. And Wrecker's like, what the hell is Order 66? And he's like, I don't actually know. Why does anybody know? And they're like, no, we didn't pay attention, Tech. That's your job. And Tech's like, I'll figure it out. So Hunter and Crosshair head off after Kanan. And Hunter's like, okay, okay. The regs have gone crazy. The regs have gone crazy. And they killed the Jedi Master. And Crosshair's like, yeah. It's fine. 
Hunter's like, no, it's it's not fine, Crosshair. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, because good soldiers follow orders and shit. And Hunter's like, yeah, let's let's not do that. And Crosshair's like, peekaboo, and he shoots up into a tree and Kanan falls out of the tree. And <laughs> and uh and Kanan's like freaking out, man. He's just like, don't come near me. I'm just like a little 30-year-old white boy. And he goes running off into the trees again. And then Tech explains. He's like, look, guys, like, this is happening all over the galaxy. And apparently the Jedi are traitors now. And all the Bad Batch are like, except for Crosshair. All the Bad Batch is just like, traitors? They're like the leaders. Like, what the fuck? And Crosshair's like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> anyway, so they corner Kanan again. And he punches the fuck out of Crosshair. And Crosshair gets knocked out momentarily. And he... Kanan is very rightfully so scared of Hunter and freaking out, man. And Hunter gets him at the edge of a waterfall. And Hunter takes off his helmet and he's like, Kid, do you know what the fuck's going on right now? And Kanan's like, No, I don't! I'm just a 30-year-old white boy! <laughs> Why are you attacking me? And Hunter's like, Alright, calm down. You're gonna come with me, a stranger with the face of the people who just killed your master, it will be fine. And Hunt Caden's like, no, fuck you. And he jumps over the waterfall and runs over and runs away in the trees. And uh, Hunter is just like, well, that didn't go well. And all the regular clones arrive with Crosshair. And Crosshair's like, where's the kid? And Hunter's like, I killed him very much dead. He died. Let's go home. And he walks off and the Crosshair's like, huh. That was a bad lie. And he falls under. What'd you think of Act 1? It was pretty good. This I gotta... is such a solid opening of like, the, like a solid 10 minutes of me just being on the edge of my seat, but also playing on my nostalgia. Well, it goes from like light fun to Order 66, like boom, boom. And it does it in a very, like, eerily shift, because it opens like a standard Clone Wars episode. Like, it has the opening crawl, it has Tom Kane's, like, Lauren voice going off, it has, the, it, it even has the title screen of the Clone Wars that burns away. And so it opens, and it feels like a Clone Wars episode. And then the tension starts shifting, and you can, and you can feel the shift, and it's really fun. You know, until yeah. everyone dies. My only really nitpick was puberty Kanan. You know, it's it's <laughs> cool to have it's cool to have like Freddie Prince Jr. back, but I don't mm. know if they, maybe they did pitch him up a little bit, but they didn't pitch him up enough. Or but like um, it was almost like it was it was it was, it threw me off a little bit because it's just like he's such a baby face, and like this deep voice comes out of him. Though I will say, I will say. I remember after this episode came out, I saw a really fun tweet of a man, and he was just like, as someone whose balls dropped at 11, and I had a really deep voice in middle school, I finally feel a scene in Clone Wars in Star Wars. I, I mean, I agree. You, it's, it's possible. <clears throat> but even when his balls dropped then, did he sound the same at 30 that he did at 11? You know? I don't know. Right. No, but I, I mean that's that's like everyone's nitpick of, and 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 a very fun casual joke. But like, yeah, I'm happy it's Freddy too, man. I'm sure he loved it as well. But um, 
knowing what happened, I th- I think Tom Kane sounds his his voice is a little raspy around the edges in this one. So he might have been feeling it when he was, you know, recording this one. It just I have it, to imagine he recorded it when he did season seven. So maybe they and they were working on season seven before Disney Plus launched. So I have to imagine that maybe they did that on purpose because it's like the end of an era. I I don't know. It, I, I don't just... I don't know either. I, I I don't have a good answer for you because yeah. I'm just but, offering a possible solution. But I actually read that that Caden comic too, but I don't good, I, Yeah, I don't, a it's comic. a good comic, but I don't mind them playing around with it for the sake of whatever they're, you know, doing with I the, mean Star Wars Star Wars will always be a funnel where the movies take the most precedent and then well, it used to be just the animation, but now that we have live action, it's movies, live action, animation, everything else underneath it. And so like I I do I, you know, I, I saw some like really good debates of like why are we buying all these comics if this continuity is not like lining up like we were told because they actually said that when they bought out disney like all the continuity will line up it's not um which i get um oh my god remind me i need to talk tell you about lasats in a minute um but i also have really liked the argument that star wars is not science fiction it's mythology it's a modern mythology and everything is about a certain point of view and this episode still hit the major points so it doesn't take away from the same emotions because it still followed the major points. And like there are some nitpicks like Deppa's lightsaber in this is just a completely different color. That's just the continuity era. But I would say like the story beats are still there and the heart of what happens is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like a lightsaber. Yes, I would consider that a continuity I didn't era no- because yeah. I didn't notice any of the differences. I didn't remember the the dialogue enough from the comics to know like what they got wrong i do remember i do remember not remembering the bad batch being in the comics at all because they weren't so that i knew it didn't match up but i it's fine it was fine yeah but um that's all i really have for for act one it's uh it's a it's a it's it's this is one of the tone shifts act one is just and now it goes more into a into a darker tone yeah um for me um as much as i do like poke fun at him and stuff like that like the, i remember the moment i saw depa i was like okay where is kanan kanan's about to show because that's depa balba and i know that she like he has to be somewhere here so it is really cool though i i will i really didn't mean it like like when kanan ran up i was like who the hell is this and i was like is this supposed to be kanan it doesn't look like him yeah <laughs> It, he doesn't even it looks nothing like him um this might be a me thing because everybody knows my personal preference is animation so this might be a me thing i don't know how to explain it but i feel like animation handles crossover stuff like kanan being in the show better than live action because i feel like live action feels more like a cameo where animation feels like these characters are just existing together. Like, does that make sense? It depends on how they write it and present it. That's a very good point because, like, it can sometimes feel like a cameo, but in general, yeah, no, I like. I think the 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 
animated shows and even the live action shows in Disney Star Wars play a lot like reading a co- like the the modern you know post original Marvel you know like the Dark Horse and the the Disney Marvel um, comics you know they're they're sort of written in a they're sort of told in a similar way because the comics are usually told sort of cinematically and visually too mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I think that that's a very valid point because, like, t- take Ahsoka being a Mandalorian. That episode in season two feels like a quote-unquote very special episode of The Mandalorian. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Because it feels like, you know, like, I'm waiting for Ahsoka to show up and, like, the live studio audience just, like, like cheering as they pause as the live studio audience is just like, woo, Ahsoka's here! But, like, here, it feels like Kanan just exists. She shows up, like he just shows up and he's there, and it's no big deal. Um, well, it's but, one of those. It's but one also of those. Not things. always though, because I agree with what you said about like Cat Bane. Like we know Cat Bane, but I think they can't handle Cat Bane. He doesn't feel like a cameo. Well, Cat Bane felt like a cameo in Boba Fett to me. <laughs> if you if he hadn't, he was, and if but he was he was. I mean, he was like a cameo. He only had a couple minutes on screen, and and like. And this also, like, Caden showing up means something to people who watch Rebels, but they're also thinking there's a lot of people who probably didn't watch Rebels who are watching this. And and Caden showing up and stuff is means nothing to him, but it still sort of figures into the story, you know, is a, okay, like, you know, yeah. it's a good way to illustrate the, 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 the beginning of not really the split, the split with them in, in Crosshairs. In it, so it, it 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 serves that story, and it also serves as being like, hey, uh, you know, an appearance from Rebels, you know, mm-hmm. that that applies in in here. So it's it's just typical Filoni fashion of very smoothly done both both things, the cameo and the the telling of the story, and making it not seem like they forced him in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nothing makes me smile like a battle droid. Yep. Nothing. The moment I saw them, I was just like, I'm so happy. Like, battle droids are just such a happy place. They really are. Roger, roger. Like, and I I think especially now, like, with Clone Wars, you know, we had Clone Wars Season 7, but, like, we talked about when we were going through Rebels before Season 7 came out. There's that one episode of Rebels that has the battle droids, and we were just like, battle droids! And same thing with Resistance. There's a one episode where there's a battle droid in Resistance, and we were just like, yay! Mm-hmm. They're just such a happy place for me. I just, I love it. Yep. Um, I always laugh at the line where Hunter's just like, we move really fast, kid, and Kanan's like, that's the only way I know how to move. <laughs> and I just hear that, like, one day Harris is just going to be like, please, please don't tell people that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't t- cut that out of the story from now on. I wish there was like a much longer pause. There. <laughs> I think that would have been such a comedy gold moment if, like, they just didn't like keep going. If it's if he said that and everyone just kind of looks at him and he's just like, "What?" Trying, uh, <laughs> trying, guys. I'm trying. And like Deppa just like pats him on the head, just like it's okay, honey. You tried. Um. Okay, I do want to talk about the Order sixty six scene. It is so chilling because it you can feel that that tone shift. And it's that moment of Kanan runs off and he's about to go on another adventure and it's all fun and it feels like Clone Wars. And then behind Depa, like 
you see the clone commander on his thing and you see her face like she's starting to feel it happen like what's happening something is wrong and she turns slowly like it's a boogeyman and it's all done so well because i also love how they handle the complete confusion of the bad batch they have no idea what the fuck is happening all they know is the regs have gone crazy and doing this horrific thing of murdering the Jedi that they're they were just talking to like two seconds ago and it's so I, I like how they focused on the confusion of the Bad Batch too because we've seen Order 66 it's I've seen a joke it's the Uncle Ben of Star Wars you know well, Uncle yeah, Ben that, has died a million times of in, in Spider-Man I was, I was but, gonna I was gonna say the same thing I was gonna say the same thing except I was gonna say Batman's parents it's like hey it's Batman's parents again but the good thing about this is it's not re- it's sort of Batman's parents but you get to see it from different angles so it like yeah it's a big part of us it's a big part of a lot of people's stories it's a, a turning point so there's a lot of stories associated with it so you and I mean, really, it's just in the first act of the show. They get it. They they go boom right through it. They don't have they they already had the like, the movie and the big build up towards that that part in Clone Wars. Yeah, so and, and we also saw it from Rex's point of view too. Yeah, so like everybody knows how they how it goes, so they can just do it in shorthand in this, and it works really well in in it. Except for one thing that's different from from I think the other things. Um, because the difference between, I would say, between this and Clone Wars is Rex immediately falls and has to be broken out of it. What's interesting here is four of them are really confused and Crosshair is the one that's being crazy. And just, but they handle it so subtly because you don't realize right away, uh, initially, that Crosshair has changed until him and Hunter are in the woods and he tries to kill Kanan. And then it's just like, what the fuck? Crosshair fell too. <laughs> oh no. And we actually talked about that. Like we predicted that. Um, when when we first originally did our episode, when they did all the announcements and you and I were talking about our theories about all of them, like several years ago, we had talked about, wouldn't it be interesting if only half of the Bad Batch changed or just one of them changed? Because then it would cause a divide um, in the group. And so like it was, it was something. And I'm really glad that they went this route because narratively that's really interesting and crosshair is a good choice because in season seven he's an asshole so it's that moment of is he being an asshole or did he change because right, right. He, I mean, you know in season seven like he's picking fights with jesse and he's like calling jesse a reg and jesse's like what will you say to me and like then they get in a fight because record just like throws jesse to the ground so like he's an instigator anyway he was an instigator all throughout season seven so there's this kind of mysterious veil of did he change or not? Or is he just being or is he yeah. actually taking his chance? Like maybe this is what he wants. You know, there's there's just this whole vagueness about the whole yeah, thing around they, Crosshair. They, they, they let that go. And and there's like it, it, it like in the end, I think it was a combination of both. You know, I think he I, I think he was already like like that's why it really didn't affect anybody else but him and he only got affected a little but he just needed a little nudge if mm-hmm. if even a nudge it just like it might have just locked it down, you know even like he might have like without the chip he might have disagreed with them but still stuck with the with the, the squad or whatever but yeah, cause that, those were his brothers and yeah. he does care for them 
even if he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else. And he doesn't, like, I, I think Crosshair is one of those people who's like, he loves his brothers, he just doesn't like his brothers, which I get because I have siblings. <laughs> I love my sister, but I don't always like her. I love my brother. I don't always like him. So, like, you know, like, I, I feel like he has that kind of relationship that he truly does care about them. And I think that's why he fights so hard throughout the episode of just like, hey, this Empire thing is going to be a good thing for us. It's going to be great. And they're like, ah, war crimes. <laughs> we're not here for war crimes, huh? Sweetie, we're not here for war crimes. <laughs> Sit down, Crosshair. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how it feels. Um, and, and I do think it's such a good choice because crosshair is such an asshole so we don't know and 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 it made left to say vagueness and it made it like extra extra shocking i think yeah yeah it would have been actually even it would have been actually even worse if it was one of the clones that was cool you know because it would have felt even more (laughs) awful to see them them turn you know well we we know that because later in the episode or later in the season um record gets briefly turned and it's horrifying it's not good the hulk it's like the hulk is coming after them and it's scary not good yeah it's scary all right well that's all i have for act one all right before we get to act two i have to tell you about the thoughts because it broke my heart this week somebody found that in there, there's a Han Solo book. It's like one of like the middle grade books about like Han and Lando that they released around Solo. And there's a character in their name, Paolo. And he's a Lasat and he's an old Lasat and he's uh he helps out like Han and Lando in the book. They just released a book called Midnight Horizon for the High Republic era. And Paolo is in that book. The High Republic takes place 250 years before episode one. So like Wookiees. Apparently, which makes me very sad because that means one day Zeb is going to have to watch Callus get old and become an old man and die. <laughs> and then he's going to be sad, Chris. And it hurt my heart to know that Zeb might well, live you do not 100 know what ca- years. You're... You do not know what Callus's lifespan is, so he's a human. <laughs> Maybe he is a human. Like we know he's a human. Yeah, but there's quite a life spread. Who who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll back to him or something. <laughs> <laughs> Stick him in Boba Fett's back to tank. Everybody else gets a ride. But like I saw that, and I was like, "You're telling me that Zeb." Still in his young prime, and we know he's young because in the in his episode where they find his people, he's called young. So we know he's young. He's gonna have to watch Cal's age. Well, that and, means also they can have him show up at any time, just like Chewie. But also, he's gonna have to watch his boyfriend grow old and die. Yeah. And I'm not okay with it, Chris. That's I'm how, not okay. That's how it goes. He's gonna have to live on without his boyfriend, and I'm not okay. Because it hurts my feelings. Anyway, act two. Time to get a new human. Act two. <laughs> Time to get a new human. Someone said something sweet, like, you know, Zeb will be, like, raising their grand- their great-grandkids and telling them about their great-pappy callus. And I was like, oh! Oh, it's going to be so sweet. Anyway, act two. So, after that crazy first act of craziness... The Bad Batch head back to Camino, and as they're flying along, Crosshair is just like, Hey Hunter, yeah, tell me, 
how exactly did you kill that Padawan dead? And Hunter was like, I, he jumped, and I stunned him, and he fell into the water, and he died. So dead, he died so fast, Crosshair, he died. He's dead, de very dead. He is a corpse. And Crosshair's like, uh-huh. So they land on Camino, and things are immediately weird. And because, like, when they're flying in, they're like, Excuse me, Bad Batch, what's your clearance code? And Tech's like, Fucking clearance codes? We live here! We're just coming back to our apartment! Why do we need clearance codes to get into our apartment building? And they're like, Alright, so they land on Camino, and everything's strange because, like, all the reg regular clones are acting weird, and, like, the Coruscant guard is there and they're hauling away dead bodies of jedi and they're like oh what's happening here guys where's shock t and they're like oh don't you know she died for like the 12th million time that she's died in all the deleted scenes it'll be fine and they're like okay we're just gonna go to our room now so they slink away from all the like pile of dead bodies in the corner and they go back to their room. And so they're like, okay, okay, what is happening? And they're all freaking out a little bit. And finally Crosshair's like, well, you should be freaking out because Hunter let Kanan get away. And Hunter's like, no, I didn't feel like murdering my commander. He's older than us. We're all like four years old, Crosshair. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to murder some child. And they're like, well, why did this happen? Like, why is it the regs? Like, why are, is this not happening to us? And Tech's like, well, that's because the regs have inhibitor chips. And they're like, inhibitor chips? And he's like, yes, I'm not going to explain all of, like, season seven. But we're the bad batch, so it probably didn't affect us. Probably. Tech slowly turns his head and looks at Crosshair across the room. And Tech is like, yeah, Crosshair, it probably didn't affect us. And Crosshair's like, why are you looking at me, bro? And then Wrecker comes over and slaps Crosshair in the face with his Lula doll, which is just one of my favorite moments of the episode. Um, but Echo's confused. He's like, um, guys, I'm a regular clone. Like, why didn't it affect me? And Tech, being the beautiful, probably neurodiv neuro neurodivergent person he is, goes, oh, because of your trauma. Remember how you blew up in season three? And then you were like a robot for all of season seven for like four seasons? You were saved! And Echo's like, oh, great, Hur hooray trauma, I guess? <laughs> they're like, yeah, good for you. So they're all confused, but they don't have time for that because they're called to a school assembly. So all the clones go outside and they line up in their lines and there's Papa Palpatine and Papa Palpatine's like, hey guys, I just want to let you know that I've been disfigured by those horrible, dirty Jedi. And if you see Yoda, tell him to fuck himself. Because we can't find Yoda yet. We'll figure it out. Anyway, everybody, just want to let you know, FYI, this ain't a republic anymore. And I didn't get my tacos. I ordered tacos in Act 1. I still haven't got my uh, Masamita. Get me my tacos, please. Anyway, not a republic anymore. Republics are dumb. I'm gonna make an empire, and it's gonna be a great galactic empire. And while, like, <laughs> the reason, like, Palpatine's slurring his speech, because we know in episode three he has his coming out party, so he's probably, like, drunk off his ass, so this is actually quite canon. 
doing, like, Palpatine's, like, slurred speech. Hunter looks up, and he sees a girl in the window above looking at all the Bad Batch. It's Omega. And he's just like, why is there a girl staring at us? And she's just like, oh my god, it's them! And he looks up again, and she's gone. And during all this, Palpatine's like, by the way, so it's gonna be an empire now, and I need you to cheer. Cheer! And all the regular clones are like, yay, we're part of the Empire now! And the Bad Batch, except for Crosshair, is just like, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? And Crosshair's like, that was a good speech. Great speech. Yay, Palpatine. Yay, Empire. I'm Crosshair. Yay. What'd you think of Act 2? I liked it. <laughs> we're, Empire, we're get, I guess we're getting into the it, like everything's visually dark and it looks it just sort of made, it's a, has almost like a paranoid look to it it's just very foreboding like there's it. also it's also weirdly clean because like one of my favorite things is when they other than the course well, yeah Camino's clean though but yeah but they're like other than the Coruscant guard who is is the other than them like everybody's like white and pristine because we've already moved away from like the um the individuality of the jedi and it's it's so chilling to see that like that jedi body there just like being hauled out and hunter's like what the fuck is happening (laughs) it's so well done like the paranoia is real i'm surprised one of them were like can i have a lightsaber But um, you're saying darker and paranoia. Yeah. Um, I I started thinking, you know, as they introduced Omega, if she's maybe getting the Ahsoka treatment in the show, where they're gonna like sort of keep her at at one note, and maybe you know, because people are sort of griping about her. She never bothered me, but like, uh, you know. Because uh, I remember it was a while before we started getting some like character development with her, very much like Ahsoka, where it's like, okay, here's one where she's got to sort of take a little responsibility and and be part of the team and stuff like that. So I I, I think they like are drawing Omega in broad strokes in this, although we don't really get to meet her yet. But I I will say. Um... I have to agree with you because I felt like that my f- first watch through, but now knowing how the rest of the season comes plays out, coming back to this first episode, I was able to catch a lot of the nuances. Um, I'll talk more about that, and I think they're in my Act Six notes. Yeah, I yeah. think they're in my Act Six notes. But um, I actually really. It, it's very subtle, and I think that's the difference between because it, it took me a long time to warm up to Amiga too. Um, for me, the difference between like her and Ahsoka is Omega is handled a lot more subtly. Um, so it's a lot, it's 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 a harder to catch it. But I I'll, I'll talk about that speak more later in the show because Omega eventually right now is a mimic, um, and I'll talk about that more later. But like she's she's a mimic, um, and I'll talk about that then when we get there. I think so, that's part of her development. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Because um, she doesn't know that's anything. A, that's else. all I got for Act Two. Um, I just, uh, we, we've already talked about the tension in Act 1, but I like how it continues here, where they get back to Camino and they're like, something is very wrong here. <laughs> and that, that kind of, like, confusion of 
of they have no clue what is happening. And I think it's handled very well because, like, the deeper they get into it, the more they start realizing, like, it, it happens, like, in a slide. And that's what I like about it. Like, they start at their height and, like, the deeper in the episode, down to the point where Tarkin's like, hey, do war crimes. <laughs> um, like, I love watching how, like, they get deeper and deeper into it. And you also see that rift growing between them and Crosshair. Um, it's all really well done. Speaking of Crosshair, the moment that Wrecker just, like, takes his Lula doll and slaps Crosshair in the face with it is still one of my favorite moments of the episode. It makes me laugh every time. Because <laughs> Crosshair has this look on his face of, like, don't! It smells! Don't touch me! Um, it's it's such a brief little thing, but it makes me laugh. <sighs> so what makes me... My big note of this one... Uh, hold on, I hope it needs to read her note. What did I write? Okay. What makes me sad about the whole scene where they're standing in the assembly and it's the whole like, hey, this is an empire now, like Palpatine's rambling, is if the clones weren't being controlled, they would all be reacting the same way the Bad Batch is. And that's what's so sad about it. Because they were made and trained to serve the Republic. And it, all this with the Empire goes against everything they were made to do. And that's what makes it so heartbreakingly sad about going through seven seasons of Clone Wars is we know how much they love the Republic. And if they weren't being mind-controlled, they would be horrified. And I think Echo Echo really like embodies the regular clone because he's the only regular clone. He understands that way of life. He's different from the Bad Batch. And he has, even has that moment where they're walking through the hallway and, and Echo goes, Empire, like we serve the Republic. Like and he's just taken back by it, and they all start having their red flags. Like Tech is just like, I didn't agree to massacre the Jedi. Like that's concerning. And Hunter, of course, let let Kanan go. Um, and so it's really interesting seeing their different reactions because this is how the clones, if they weren't being mind controlled, would probably be reacting right now. <laughs> of them just being like, Ah, oh, we're not cool with this. <laughs> and so yeah, except for Crosshair is just like, No, I'm not I'm good. I'm having fun. Yeah, Empire. Yep. So, that's all I have. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready for Act 3. Yeah, Act 3. I think Act 3 is my smallest amount of notes. So, let's go! I'm going to take a drink of my water. Alright. It's an Act 3 burp. Act 3. So after the assembly from hell, uh, the Bad Batch are walking through the hallways and they're all just kind of confused about everything because none of them are really cool about this Empire thing except for Crosshair who just doesn't give a fuck. But then Hunter stops and he's like, guys, we're being followed by this cute, beautiful, sweet girl. Look at her. And it's Omega. And Omega's just like, hi, what's up? How are you? I'm really happy to be here. Hi. Hi, everybody. And Hunter's like, hi. Wait, where's your parents? Why are you with us? And she's like, what do you mean? Why am I with you? Like, why wouldn't I be with you? And he's like, I don't know. So, do you like guns, kid? Because that's about all we can offer you. Like, why are you here? But before she can, like, really get specifically in, in, into anything, because she was specifically looking for the Bad Batch. Nalase comes up. You remember Nalase? Remember how Nalase was just like this bitch in the Clone Wars and she murdered fives and she's this cold, conniving bitch? Yeah, she comes up and she's like, Oh, Amiga, there you are. Come with me. 
and let's go somewhere else. And Amika's like, okay, well, I'll see you guys later. And she leaves with Nalase. And Hunter slowly turns and looks at the rest of them, and he's just like, oh no, you guys. We have fallen into a Star Wars story where we're all going to adopt a child. <laughs> and then Den and Kanan kick in the door, and they're like, hey, come join our club. We adopt children all the time. And Kanan's like, I have five. This is my child, Sabine. And this is my child, Chopper. This is my child, Ezra. And that's my adult child, Zeb. Come join us. And Den's like, this is my baby. His name is Grogu. And Hunter's like, oh no. We're in one of these stories, aren't we? Uh, meanwhile, no, that matters because Farkin is back. Fucking Tarkin lands on Kamino, and Farkin is just as wonderfully evil as he always is. And he goes and he meets, meets with the Prime Minister Lamasu and Nalase, and Tarkin's like, Hi guys, I'm your new district manager. My name is Tarkin. Nice to meet you. Also, you're fired. And Lamasu is like, What? What do you mean we're fired? We've been working with Palpatine since like what, like 10 years before the Clone Wars? When that Sifo Diaz asshole showed up or whatever? Like, we've done everything Palpatine has asked of us. And Tarkin's like, Mm hmm, mm hmm true that's a very good point also your clones are really expensive and you know i could just pay like joe schmo from like backwater planet lothal half the money to do like a clone thing and lama sue's like ah but joe schmo will suck our clones are like great our clones are like one clone is like 10 joe schmo and tarkin's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I hear you i hear you I still want to fire you, but I guess, you know, to be fair, because I'm a good district manager, why don't we test one of your clones, right? Right, we'll test your clones, you know. And he just walks out, and Lama Sue looks at Nalase like, did you hear this bitch? And she's like, yes, I heard that bitch. We're in deep shit. During all this, Bad Batch go to lunch, and... They get lunch, and all of the clones are talking about how Farkin's here, and they're like, oh, Farkin's here. You know, like, maybe maybe we'll actually get to go do stuff and not be horribly murdered off and get phased out to where our existence meant nothing. You don't think that will happen with you? And Hunter's like, this sucks. And they all sit down. So they sit down to have lunch together, and they're all talking about this shit, and, like, and Wrecker's like, I'm not a controlled reg. I have feelings. I love blowing shit up. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And... So Amiga comes over and she sits down. And she's like, "Hi everybody, I'm gonna eat lunch with you." And all you guys are like, "Ah, uh, we don't know how to child. Would you like broccoli?" And she's like, "No, I'm good, thank you. I'm just eating my my chicken nuggies, thanks." And so they're just kind of staring at her and they're like, "Do you really want to sit with us?" She's like, "Yeah, why wouldn't I want to sit with you guys?" And then some bitchy ass slutty rugs go walking by. And they're like, oh, look at the sad batch. Because I couldn't think of anything better. And they're like, look at the sad batch. And they got a new, like, child with them. <laughs> and Omega throws a fucking brick of food at them. And she's like, don't you talk about my brothers that way. And they're like, well, what are you going to do about it, little shit? And Hunter's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Parental instincts. And they all fight. Because Record's like, I just want to fight things. It's Record. He just like, wants to punch things. 
and Crosshair is just eating his soup until someone messes with his soup, and then he's all mad. So he has to get up and fight for his soup, and a big old fight breaks out during all this, though. Echo looks up, and he sees Farkin, and Echo just glares this fiery passion of anger at him because that's the man in season three of Clone Wars that was all just like, oh, clones suck. And Anakin's like, uh, no. And Ahsoka's like, uh, no. And Fives and Echo are like, he's talking about us. And then Echo blew up and he's all mad. And during all this, as he's staring at Tarkin, he's not paying attention and Echo's ass gets knocked out. Well, Echo wakes up in the med ward. And, you know, after seven seasons of Clone Wars trauma, he freaks out. He's just like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to the tubes. But, dear sweet Omega, Omega's there and she's like, calm down, it's fine, it's me, it's me. You're okay. You're okay. Do you also remember your friend Fives? And he's like, yeah, I remember my friend Fives. And AZ pops out of nowhere. The wonderful AZ3 just pops up and goes... I remember Fives, too! He was my friend! And Echo goes, he was your friend, too? And AZ goes, uh-huh! Remember me? Everyone loved me in season... So, season 6! Season 6 of Clone Wars! And Echo cries, and then Hope cries, and then Omega cries, and everybody cries over Fives! Because Fives is amazing, and he's important, and we love Fives on this show. Anyway, the rest of the Bad Batch comes in after, and they're like, why is everyone crying? <laughs> and they're like, we're talking about Fives. And he's like, oh, I understand. So the rest of the Bad Batch comes in, and Echo's like, guys, that's Farkin. Fucking Tarkin will absolutely wreck all of our day, and he hates clones. Like, we have to do, do a good job. And the Bad Batch are like, well, I guess we're about to go talk to him, because the Prime Minister called us for training. And we gotta leave, because Tarkin wants to see us fight. So they all go, and Omega's like, I want to come too! It's my fault I threw a brick of food at a child! And Hunter's like, no, we don't know how to kid. Bye! And they leave to go talk to Tarkin. Or fight, I don't remember. Anyway, what do you think of Act 3? It was good. I like, I, I, I just like the whole feel of Camino with the, like, dark and stormy outside and, like, sterile and quiet inside. It's just it's like really hospital. neat. Yeah. And, uh, is is Farkin's head a little pointier in this one? Is I th- I not his do- head as much of his as his hairdo, but you know. I I don't know. I'd have to go check. I I think I, he definitely has darker hair than he does in Rebels, um, which matches his dark hair that he had in Clone Wars. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because the the graphics it's, are better because they know. can have more textures and stuff. So I don't I don't know. His, the top part of his hair looks pointier. Yeah, like the technology is way better than it was in whenever La- Tarkin showed up last time. Oh yeah, so it was good to see AZ three again. And uh... yes, it was because I saw him, and Fives would just be like, "AZ, my boy!" And I just, I love. I remember the like the first time I saw AZ it'd pop up in the show. I I lost it, Chris. I lost it. I was like, Fives is in Clone Heaven crying right now because I'm crying. Like, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, my only other note is uh, the 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 common spaces for the clones, especially the the well the dining room that we see. It looks like a prison. It looks like you know where the tables and chairs are like built into the floor, so you can't pick them up and throw them, you know, and that sort of it's it's very prison like. 
and you think that's it was, the point well yeah yeah it's definitely a chosen thing but it's really super prison like mm-hmm. that's all i got um my first note is ah it's so good to use clone wars nicknames again welcome back farkin farkin we missed you ah you know it's been so long because like for a while there we had like that bitch ruckland and then dennis jarron yeah now we're back to farkin yeah farkin is just like such an og nickname of ours so welcome back um, we need to have more food fights in Clone Wars or in Star Wars because that scene is just fun. It's just a fun scene of just all this bullshit happening and they, they throw food and Hunter's like, oh, fuck me. And they all start fighting and then you have Echo. Echo's just like, not again. And then like Tech's like punching a man in the face while Record's throwing people and Crosshair's eating his soup. Like, we need more food fights in Star Wars because this scene is just so much fun. It's fun. I don't know if it, I guess maybe after Order sixty six, but it just seems like the the other clones would be more order would be less le, more orderly and less like picking fights. I I don't fully feel that way because really like we've always known that the bad. I, I think it's a good scene to show how different the bad batch are, and like we know this already. Like, but it's for if just well, in case. I don't know why, but just we in had case to, someone. They already had to do the work of making the clones sympathetic characters because they were like sort of like look like stormtroopers mm-hmm. and then make them sympathetic characters. And now they're turning them back into stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the point. And I think some of, it, some of it is also like for some reason, if someone didn't watch Clone Wars and they don't they didn't see the Bad Batch arc, it is a good introduction to show how yeah. regular clones view the Bad Batch. Which is not good. They don't like them. And especially, I, I actually would argue, like, now that Order 66 has happened, where all the other clones are falling in line, they're even more on the fringes. Because they are not falling in line. And they are not following orders. And they are really, st- like, they still have their armor painted. They're not wearing the white Stormtrooper armor. Um, so I, I think that makes them stick out even more post-66. So I actually, I don't mind this scene. Um, and it's it's also another good scene to like bring Omega into the group, and yeah. just like the little things to like to make her bond. Like I love when she she's the one that throws the first punch essentially, and they turn around and like Wrecker just stands up behind her like you're gonna fight her because you're gonna have to fight me. Like it's it's a good bonding scene for all of them. So I actually don't mind this scene. Yeah, it's fun. Food fight. Um, oh Echo Trauma, I love Echo Trauma. I want more he, Echo Trauma. He looks in my like show. a traumatized character from like an art house movie. <laughs> but but just like they they actually use Echo really well again, like if for someone who doesn't see Clone Wars to like to give him like some more background with Tarkin and stuff like that. But it's also a good callback because, you know, it's been like four or five seasons since yeah. Echo was hanging out with Tarkin. So, like, it's a really good callback scene, too, in case anyone forgot. But also, like, the trauma of just, like, him freaking out in the medical ring of just, like, I don't want to be plugged in again. No, thank you. Like, uh, I could use, like, an entire book of Echo Trauma, and I'd be perfectly happy with it. Boy. But I, I, I will say, like, that is... I like it here because one of my overall gripes on the show is Echo is drastically underused. Um, 
so that, that's a season gripe of mine. So I actually really appreciate it here because he's functioning in the story, but he kind of falls to the wayside with like tech and record like later on in the show. So I, it, it is a part of like a bigger gripe and why I love him so much here. Um, the only other note I have is, gosh, the communoans are so down, hands down, just so interesting in this show. And we're starting to see it here because they've been the baddies. And now the baddies are kicking them out. What do they do? And we don't know much about them. So we've only just seen little bits and pieces of them. So it's good to, it's neat to look more into this world because it's obviously really interesting. Yeah. Because like, really, we had episode two where we first were introduced to them. And they're kind of like this off-putting alien kind of like otherworldly beings that are making a hundred clones and obi-wan's just like okay cool but then like when we got more to know the more in clone wars you know there i i keep going back to the fives arc because i feel like that's really important because we see how they treat the clones they call them like specimens they don't call them people they call them specimens to the point where shock t has to kind of play their game to make like to try and figure out what's going on and they now say flat out murders five like she injects him with the thing that makes him go crazy and lose his mind for the others to shoot him but it's all because of her and so she's just the like there are these cold calculating baddies but now that the baddies are kicking them out and their backs are against the wall and they're about to lose their money and their funding and their job and they're about to be like thrown out by the empire they're scared and it's fun watching them go huh are we the baddies anymore like what are we doing like how are we gonna hold on to this like it's the communal ones are so interesting in the show and i love watching them they're they're one of my favorite parts of the show actually but that's all i had for act three all right i'm ready for act four Oh, voice stay together. We have three more. We have four more acts. <clears throat> My voice is starting to go. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> where are we? All right. Act four. So the Bad Batch go to the training place. You know, the one that they used in like all the training arcs in Clone Wars. And Tarkin explains the situation. He's just like, hey guys, I'm going to do a simulation because I'm going to see if you're worth my money. And the Bad Batch are like, okay, let's let's do a good thing. So they run out there, and the simulation begins, and these droids come out, and they're shooting, like, you know, like, training rounds. And the Bad Batch have training guns, and they very quickly take them out. And they just do their thing, and it's really fun and easy. Well, Tarkin's like, huh, why don't we use live rounds on them? And Nalase's like, excuse me? I'm like, like, why don't you use live rounds on them? You know, to try and see if they're worth the money that I want to pay you. And Lama Sue is just like, okay, I guess we'll use live rounds. So the second round of simulation begins and Wrecker just like walks up to a droid and gets shot in the shoulder and the Bad Batch are like, holy shit, they're actually trying to kill us. Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And they're hiding behind things and they're like, Wrecker, are you dead? And he's like, no, but that really hurt. And they're like, okay, buddy, we'll come get you in a minute. And so they're like, oh god, oh god, all we have is training blasters, and they have real bullets, and we have stun guns. This is not gonna work. So Hunter's like, alright guys, we're gonna do what we do best. Improvise and fuck some shit up. 
So they run out there, and they improvise, and they reprogram a droid, and Wrecker jumps on one, and Tech rides a droid around because he's reprogrammed it, and starts shooting at other things. And even, even Farkin looks a little impressed by this. He's like, oh, this is cool. All right, cool, cool, cool. And long story short, they win! Yay! And when they look up, like, did we do a good job? Tarkin's not there anymore. He doesn't give a shit. So, because Tarkin's going down below, and he's looking at all the babies. All the baby clones in the tubes are never going to get a chance to live because they're going to be dead by the end of the season. They're never going to get a chance. It's just really sad, you guys. It's really sad. Tarkin asks Nalase, Come. It's a Disney show. <laughs> no, that's the thing about Disney. It's not dark until you think about it. <laughs> Encanto is fun until you think of like transgenerational trauma. <laughs> um, Tarkin asks Nala say how many bad bad clones there are because he's like I'm not sure about these bad batch clones. You know, like they're they're effective, but they don't follow orders. How many bad batch clones are there? And Nala says, say goes there's five. There's five of them. But Tarkin doesn't know that Echo is a regular clone, which means. There is another. It's Omega. And Tarkin is a little concerned about how individual the Bad Batch are. And he wants to to see where their loyalties lie. So back in the barracks, the Bad Batch are pissed off that they use live rounds in a test and gave them pretty much the like the like nerf guns. Nerf guns versus bullets. And they are pissed. But they don't have time to be pissed because Farkin shows up and he's just like, hello, Bad Batch. And they're like, hi, Tarkin. How are you? And he's like, I was saw your show. It was fine. But I just, I just have a mission for you because there's these, these horrible separatists on Onderon. They're separatists. You know, the guys that you've they're separatists. This is a trick. Um, and they're still fighting the Clone War. And the Bad Batch are like, alright, we'll, we'll go on your mission for you then, Tarkin. And he's like, okay, bye. Have fun. <laughs> and Tarkin leaves. So the Bad Batch are loading up their sh- ship, which is called the Marauder. I found that out, and I think that's a fun name for their ship. They're loading up their ship, the Marauder. And Omega comes up and she's just like, Hunter, 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 Hunter. And he's like, yes, hi. She's like, okay, I'm a child. Hi. Um, I don't trust Tarkin. And Hunter's like, yeah, no shit. He tried to kill us. I don't trust him either, kid. And she's like, yeah, um, because you need to look out for Tarkin. And Camino's really dangerous. So can I go with you? Because Camino's really dangerous and I don't want to stay here anymore. And... And he's like, that's really sweet, honey. But we have to go fight some bad guys. And you can't run with us. So we're gonna go. Peace out. And they leave. And, and Omega's like, oh, well, be careful. Bye. And Hunter's like, bye. And they fly off to Onderon. What'd you think of what are we act for? Actually, this has my least amount of notes. Um, it was good. I have very few notes. Um... Tarkin doesn't waste, Farkin doesn't waste any time giving him the atrocity test. And why would he, you know, he's, he's, he wants to figure every, he wants to figure everything out right away. He's working on his plan. So he's not going to waste any time diddling around with him. No, he's not uh, a diddler. 
Just a, no, no diddling for Farkin. No, um, no. Um, the clone troopers, the regs clone troopers, the, 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 their shoulder pads look like, like cheap steaks in this for some reason to me. <laughs> and my only other note is like, they look like dollar store steaks strapped to their shoulders. It's weird. Uh, my only other note is. I'm really glad they didn't do the story trope where Omega stows away with him. Yeah, yeah, me too. These states are really, these, our shoulder pads are really starting to smell up. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it just caught me like right. In the, yeah, I, go I think back and watch like, it. Look at them and tell me they're not like cube steaks on there. I, I, I think it's because it was like the last thing I was expecting to come out of your mouth. And oh. It just caught me off guard. Yeah, it's not normally well, something somebody says. I know, right? Right. But that's all I have for Act Four. Act Four. Yeah. Um, I only really have two notes. Um, one is just the battle sequence is really awesome. Like the Bad yeah. Batch versus the Droid. It's it's well paced. I like how it's like two rounds and you get to see how each of them work and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's it's a really cool battle sequence. Um. So. I do like about this episode is, uh, oh, excuse me, something we talked a lot about in Rebels was the groundwork, like the bottom level of the Empire and how it worked, especially in season one. Like that was one of our main po- topics of season one when we would discuss like Oresco and Grint um, as like the two lackeys in charge of, um, of in charge of Lothal before you move up into the bigger bads. Um, we're starting to see the groundwork of a lot of that because... The Empire wants bullies in unity. They don't give a fuck about individuality. They just want bullies who are going to follow the rules and listen to orders and do their jobs. Because that's essentially what Oresco and Grint were. They were lackeys, but they did their jobs, you know, until a Jedi showed up and then they can't invest a Jedi, which is why the Inquisitor came and Callus. Um, but yeah, Oresco and Grint are bullies and that's what they want. And that's not the bad batch. So what I like is is we're starting to see kind of the groundwork of some of the stuff that they did in Rebels of just like Tarkin going like, all right, these guys are too individual, but they're also really good at their jobs. Do I really want these guys? Are they going to think too much? Like you can see it, like those machinations turning in Tarkin's head because he can't deny the Bad Batch are really good at their jobs, but they're not going to listen to orders and he needs control. And so I, I just really like it enjoy watching the groundwork of that stuff of where of that transition like it's a this is you know it's a transition from the clone wars to the empire it's a really good episode so uh that's all i have oh okay i'm ready for act five then act five okay come on boys act five the bad batch arrive on onderon and if you don't remember onderon uh you'll you will in a minute um, and they sneak, they sneak, they go sneaking, they're sneaking through the woods, and they're sneaking, 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 and they're all just like, hey, Tech, where are the droids? And Tech is like, I'm really confused, guys, because there are no droids. I don't, there's no battle droids on my, my, my scan. Like, there's a group of people, and he points down to, like, a valley, he's like, look, there's a group of people there, and there's children, and old people, and the Bad Batch are like, this is weird. And Crosshair's like, no, this is great. And starts cocking his gun. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to, to kill the people. And they're like, uh, no, that you can't. Because if we kill the people, that's a war crime. They're, they're civilians. You know, there's the, there's a child. There's an old lady. We can't kill them, Crosshair. And he's like, 
you sure? And he points his gun, and they're like, yeah, we're pretty sure. We don't want to commit war crimes here, Crosshair. And Hunter's like, well, none of us is going to get a chance because, hey, guys, during all this, we're surrounded. And they look around, and there are the Onderon forces, and they pop up, and they're like, hey, welcome to our planet. We've captured you. And so they're surrounded by the Onderon forces, and they're brought into camp. And Hunter's looking around going, wait a second. These aren't separatists. These are Republic forces. Why are we fighting? Why were we sent to Republic forces? And someone turns slowly and goes, well, I'm glad you asked. And it's Saul fucking Guerrera. You know, Saul Guerrera from season five and, and Rogue One and Rebels. Saul Guerrera, everybody. And he's just like, hey, guys, welcome to Onderon. And they're like, wow, Rex trained you. We love Rex. Everyone loves Rex. And, and Saw Guerrero goes, I love Rex too. He's great. Everyone loves Rex. Anyway, they're like, so uh, why were we sent to kill you? And Saul's just like, well, maybe because we're fighting the Empire. They're like, why, why would you fight the Empire? He's like, because I serve the Republic. I didn't ask for an Empire. I wanted to serve the Republic. That's what I fought for. And yeah. Why are you guys here? And they're like, um, well, we were sent to kill you, but we thought we were fighting droids. And Saul's like, well, you know what? Your target changed. Just know from here on out, if you saw, if you serve the Empire, you're going to be killing people. And it's going to be my people. And I'm going to kick your asses. So I'll tell you what. Um, the Clone Wars is over. And we're in a civil war now. And I'm going to be in the Civil War for like the next 20 years until I'm a crazy person and I die on Jeddah. And they're like, okay. And he's like, so I'll tell you what, just know if you keep fighting with the Empire, you're going to be fighting for bad people. Here's your guns back and I'm going to give you a choice. Okay, sweetie, you choose your side of your Civil War. Bye bye And I'm going to give you a choice because Rex was really nice to me. So you can either adapt or die in the past. Bye! And Saul Guerrero takes all his men, and they run off into the woods. And Hunter's like, huh. Well, that's not good. And Crosshair's like, why couldn't we kill them? What the fuck, dude? We had them! We could have just killed them all. And Hunter's like, no! No! Do you realize what happened? Also, pew pew! And a thing falls out of the sky, and it's a probe droid. And, and Hunter points, he's like, look! It was spying on us! Tarkin's spying on us! And Crosshair goes, Yeah! So stop fucking up, man! You know, we're we're trying to follow orders here, Hunter. And Hunter's like, No, no, no. War crimes are not orders. Right, guys? And like Hunter and Echo and, and Tech are just like, yeah, yeah, we're not we're not on board for war crimes here. So Hunter's like, okay, okay, so we got, we got to get out of here. But before we leave, we have to go get Omega. And they're like, wait, what? Why do we have to go get Omega? And he's like, because she warned me, and she's in danger. We have to go get her. And Tech's like, yeah, and she's a clone like us. And everyone slowly turns and looks at Tech, and they're like, what? He's like, yeah, Omega's a defected clone. She's, she's a Bad Batch member, like one of us. Tarkin said there's five of us, but he doesn't know that Echo's a regular. She's, she's, I thought everybody knew this. Is this not common knowledge? No! No, this is not common knowledge! So she's a member of the Bad Batch? He's like, yeah. And Hunter's like, well, we have a sister! 
we have to go save our sister now. And Crosshair is like, oh my god, did everyone take stupid pills today? Like, why are we doing this? We, we don't have a sister. All we have to do, all we have is orders. So let's go after, go after Saul Guerrera and kill him. And they're like, no, we're gonna go save our sister. So they throw Crosshair back on the Marauder. They all climb on board. And they're gonna go back to Kamino to save Omega. What'd you think of what actor we in? Act five. Another short, short notes for this one. I, yeah. I love the way Andron looks. It's totally like a painting and it mm. really captures a forest, the woods at night and the way like light, you know, is just sort of contained in little areas. They didn't do a lot of night shots in the forest of Andoran and Clone Wars. They they mostly stuck to the city for the night shots. So it's really cool seeing a lot of the stuff we saw during the daytime and how they transitioned that into nighttime. Yeah, it just and, it, it and just looks like, like a painting. Like, like when they turn off the lamp and everything goes back into darkness and they leave the Bad Batch in darkness, it's really cool. You know, because animation can, can actually have nighttime and not be really too dark. My See our other... Fiddick Shand episode of Mandalorian for that. <laughs> My only other note is someday they're going to measure, like, um, periods of st- of the Star Wars story. Like, you're going to know where you are in the Star Wars storyline by how old and how beat to shit Sagrera is. You know, mm-hmm. when you see him in this, it's just like, oh, okay, that's right. When we see him in Rebels, he's he's thickened up a little bit, and you know, he's more Forest Whitakery. He's lost a couple Forrest limbs. Forest Whitakery, what? He's lost some limbs. Whitakerish, yeah, he's lost some limbs. He's he's gained some some hardware. So it's it's so he's just a nice little bellwether to 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 measure where you, where we are. That's all I got. That's all. So that's actually a good, my first note, it's actually about Saul, because, like, I, I just thought this was a nice touch. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Forrest Whitaker, but I think it's also really super cool that they brought back Andrew Kishino uh, to voice Saul, because they are much closer to the Clone Wars timeline yeah. than they are to Rebels. But I will say, something that Andrew does really well is he does mimic some of uh, Forrest's yes. paranoia in his voice. Yes, it's um, a good it's a good midway between young young Saul Guerrera and Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. And because he didn't have that kind of paranoia in season five when he talked, he just had this, this voice, and so you can hear like this post Stila dying kind of paranoia starting to like it's a little bit creeping in. He's not fully there yet. Like right now, he's just like, yeah, we're starting this war, what of it? But there is a little bit of that like cadence that Forrest Whitaker uses both in Rebels and Rogue One. And and he does a really good job mimicking yeah. it. Um, I already talked about Crosshair earlier, so I'm going to move on because it's the same note. Um, so Farkin. Farkin's a sneaky bitch. Because he he's very purposeful in calling Saul Gurur's forces separatists. Because those are the enemies that these clones have been fighting for like three years. That's all they know. So it's it's a sneaky, sneaky move on Tarkin to be like, yeah, they're separatists. And it's a good way to test them because yeah. it, because he, they're... he's also setting them up to fail, too, because he'd rather they fail if they pass. Yeah. And it's all the better. But he's setting them up to he knows they're probably going to fail. So it's it's a win win situation for Tarkin, because yeah. if they pass, then he wipes out Saul Guerrera and he doesn't have to worry about them anymore. And he's like, all right, cool. I have this elite force of clones that will listen to me. 
if they fail, then he proves Nalase and Lamasu wrong. He's like, look, your clones rejected us. I don't need them anymore. They're bad. So, like, Farkin puts himself in a win-win situation, which is, like, really it shows why That's Tarkin pretty Farkin-ish. Yeah, yeah it, it shows why he's such a good villain, because he's so smart. I also like this revel- revelation of, like, Saul's... Like the er- this is the earliest, earliest, like, I think we've ever seen... Like the civil war starting because Saul's just like, yeah, it's we're in a civil war now. Like, what's the difference? Like, we were fighting the separatists that wanted to stop the republic. Saul, Saul also just likes to fight too. I think he does. He does. Like, he just doesn't have a cause. Like, he if if Saul doesn't have a cause, he doesn't con- he doesn't consider himself a person. Like, his personality is wrapped up in his cause. This boy needs this like a spa day, um, but. It's also, like, it doesn't matter if it's the Empire or the Separatists. He's going to fight for the Republic. But what makes Saul so interesting is this is a very good motivation of we are still fighting for the Republic, whether it's the Empire or the, or the Separatists. But, of course, we know later in Rebels how far down that crazy rabbit hole he goes when he's just like, yeah, I'll murder Click Clack for a genocide. What of it? And everyone's like, uh, don't murder Click Clack for a genocide, please. <laughs> we like to try and save the Geonosians. He's like, why? They're the bad guys. They're like, ah, oh, he's a very innocent bug, sir. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, the beginnings. But it's also, like, this is the very earliest of the rebellion, you know? Like, this is, like, the very, like, first breadcrumbs to bring... I was about to say the first breadcrumbs to bring the flock of rebellion birds to the table. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Um, so I, I just, I love all this with Saul because... Not only is it laying a lot of groundwork for, like, Rogue One and Rebels, but it's also, like, laying the very basic foundation of the original trilogy, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's all I have for Act 5. I was like, what act are we on? Act 6 now. Act 6. All right, Act 6. During all this, Mega and AZ go into the Bad Batch's room and it's like everything Omega has ever wanted in her entire life. You know, it has personality and individuality and there's life there and it's cool and it's like she's just looking around and she's like this is everything I want! <laughs> I'm like, I didn't... She's, she's like Ariel, like, you know, there's there's Lulas and Bobbins aplenty, there's smells and what's-its galore. Think of a Bob? Tech has 20. I don't care, no big deal, I want more. And Izzy's like, why are we singing? Um, so yeah, she's pretty much having an Ariel and Little Mermaid moment. But oh no, they hear some clones coming. She's like, act normal, AZ. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. And the door opens, and the clones are just like, hey, what are you doing here? And she's like, stuff, I'm doing stuff, because I am a child. And AZ's like, we are allowed to be here. And they're like, no, you're not. And they stun AZ, which is sad, because then we don't see AZ for, like, the rest of the season, and I'm sad. And I was actually like, don't kill him. I was very scared for 16 more episodes until AZ came back, because I was scared that we would lose him again! And the clones take Omega, and they, like, throw her in the brig. And very conveniently, they, the clones, neatly pack up all the Bad Batches stuff for them. And they're like, we have to take it to the hangar that they will conveniently land in. And everyone's like, okay. During all this, the Bad Batch land on Camino, And everything is still weird. 
and they like come in and like no one's waiting for them and they're like okay they open the hangar door you know to make a nice like promotional shot that's kind of vague they walk in but oh no everything's weird because I lost my spot. Oh, the Regs and Farkin are waiting for them. And Farkin's like, Mwahahaha, you have fallen into my evil plan. And you are a treason. And Hunter's like, I am not a treason. Your face looks dumb. And they're like, okay. And the Bad Batch gets thrown into the brig. And they're all stripped down to their jimmy jams. And they're wearing their pajamas. And they're like, crap, we're in a brig without our pajamas. And Tech's like, well, we did accomplish one thing. Look, it's Omega. And she looks up and she's like, hey guys. And they're like, hey Omega, you're alive. Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, everything's bad right now. Isn't it crazy? And Hunter kneels down, kneels down. He's like, yeah, everything is crazy. But you know what? It will be crazy with all of us together. Do you want to officially become part of the Bad Batch? And she's like, fuck yeah, I do. And he's like, yeah, also don't say fuck. How old are you? You're a child. Only we can say fuck. You have to say frick yeah. And she's like, all right, frick yeah. And he's like, yeah. Crosshair is like, what the fuck, Hunter? Why? Why? Do you know why we're in this brig? Because you can't fucking follow orders. You guys, none of you, none of you are following orders. And this is all bullshit. And all the bad batch are, are starting to get a bit sketchy about their bro. And, and... Everyone's like, all right, let's all take a breather. So Crosshair sits down and he starts holding his head in a very specific place that may, that wears a, you know, inhibitor chips are under there. And Omega sits down with Crosshair and she's like, hey, I know you don't know me very well, but I just want you to know that it's not your fault. Please don't do what you're about to do. But even if you do it, I know it's not your fault. And he looks at her and he's like, why are you talking to me? And she touches his hand and goes, we have to set this up for the season one finale. It's like, do we really? She's like, yes, this is all set up for the season one finale. He's like, all right, fine. Don't touch me. And a couple of regs come in and they're just like, hey, crosshair, you want to come with us? And he's like, yes, please. I don't want to survive this trial anymore. And the rest of the Bad Batch are like, no, we're not going to be separated. And crosshair's like, peace out, bitches. What's this weird shit? And he leaves. And they take him to a medical ward. And Farkin's just like, hello, Nalase. Can you make him more evil? She's like, yeah, I can. He's like, I can turn up his inhibitor chip. And he's like, cool, do the thing. So they do the thing. And they make Crosshair super duper evil to the max. Meanwhile, the Bad Batch are just hanging out in the jail cell. And they're trying to figure out how to how to get out of here. And then Tech looks up and he goes, oh my god, guys, I have a plan. I have a plan. And they're like, what's the plan? And he's like, we have to use the most tactical place in all of Star Wars. The vents. And they're like, why didn't we think of the vents? The Jedi always used the vents. The vents are like where all the cool stuff happens. So what they do is they bust a hole through the wall while during like rumbles of thunder... So every time the thunder rumbles, like, Wrecker punches a hole into the wall, and they peel it back, and they shimmy Omega up into the vents. And she crawls over, and the, the regs turn around, they're like, where's Omega? And, and Echo, bless Echo, looks them in the eye and says, if you hurt her, you're a dead man.
And they're like, why would you say that to us, man? And Echo comes out of the ceiling like a spider monkey and like jumps on them. And like the vet topples on the regs and she runs over and she frees the bad batch and the regulars are like, uh-oh, that's bad. And they turn around and they get knocked out by the bad batch. And so now that they're all free, they move out to go find Crosshair. What'd you think of Act 6? It's got one of the silliest things ever. What? Form a wall. Because <laughs> it's not obvious, you know? As if there's any, yeah, as if there's any, you know. Exactly. I will say, I would say good for Echo, because he actually leans it's, casually against the wall, you know? But, but then it's <laughs> just, it's just so comic. Like it's so comical how, like, uh, they're just, you know, po- records just pounding on the wall. You know, they're five feet away from the. <laughs> it, it did. It did take me a few times to realize it, but and I, I only realized it because I was wearing headphones this time. They were timing it up with the thunderclaps, which I yeah, never noticed before. <laughs> still. Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's comedic. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and and. Uh, Tarkin uses his famous proceed line. He likes to say proceed. All the way back from episode four. But that's all I really have from for for this one. You know, what are you going to say? Here's more vents. (laughs) I love that moment. They're like, the vents. (laughs) It didn't it didn't last long, though, so it's cool. I I'm I you know, I I. I used to gripe about it, but now I kind of have a soft spot for people in Vincent Star Wars. Um, this actually is my section that has the most the most stuff in it. Um, so vents are just part of space stuff, it seems like. So yeah, they have to make sure like the vents are at least people size. All vents in Star Wars have to be. At least, I would love to see the day where like someone tries to escape in a vent and they, it's like this like normal size vent, and they're like, "Fuck! <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> How am I going to get through that? And like a Jedi has like their foot stuck inside. They're like, I tried. <laughs> have, you, have you ever played Lego Star Wars? You spent like when, when you do no. the, like when you do the prequel, you Anakin can get into vents. Are you the, like, serious? Episode one, Anakin can get into the vents. So oh you have to God. use him. Yes. Have to use him to hit the vents. It's great. I'm, I'm really hoping that I can get like because they're about to release like the massive Lego Star Wars that's like all nine movies and I'm it's gonna it has something crazy like a hundred playable characters like I'm hoping I can get my hands on that um, when it comes out so um I already said my easy note uh it's super convenient that the clones packed up all of the Bad Batch stuff and put it right beside their ship. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that's the that's my one gripe. I was like, that's very convenient. That, Good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I guess like you could or, like argue like, you know, if we're going to terminate the Bad Batch, let's put all their stuff together so it's easier to catalog or whatever. I, I'm sure like there was some like dumb Imperial thinking beside it. But every time I see that, they're like, all right, let's pack up all their stuff. And then they run out to the hangar. and They're like, hey, our stuff is right beside our ship. It's that, that's my, like, my one gripe. I'm like, this is dumb. All right. <clears throat> for my kind of biggest notes of this episode, I, I want to finally talk about Omega. Um, so what I really like about her, especially knowing her journey for the rest of the season, I really noticed a lot of the nuances there because 
all she's ever known is the world that Nala say has kept her in. So she really doesn't have much of, I don't want to say she doesn't have much of a personality because she's clearly curious and she's intuitive and she, she's perceptive. But what I like about here, especially in this, this act is we see her becoming more of a mimic to the point where she's even, even physically copying Hunter and like his poses and his moves and that kind of becomes her journey for the rest of the season because as she's discovering the galaxy in the world around her, she's starting to figure out who she is. But what she does is she starts picking up personal, like different traits and quirks from the Bad Batch and she begins to mimic them until she really starts feeling more comfortable in her own skin. So, for example, like she's clearly very smart. So she has like some qualities of tech. Um, sometimes she shoots well, as we see in the next act. She shoots like crosshair. Sometimes, sometimes she learns to track like Hunter. And while she's not physically strong, she has Wrecker's heart and Echo's morality. So she understands like that strong morality of like what's right and what's wrong. Even like when sometimes like Hunter is wavering. Like later, like there's that the Ryloth episodes where Hunter's like, we need to leave Ryloth. And and Omega's like, no, we need to help Hera because I would not leave you guys behind. And so, so much of her journey we're seeing right here because a lot of it is, I don't think Omega really knows how to act in these situations. So the only thing she knows how to do is be a mimic to the point where, and, and it's very vague in this first episode, but like now knowing her journey for the rest of the season, it's really easy to see those nuances. For, so yeah. for like the first kind of first few episodes, a lot of it is she's just kind of mimic. Like there's that mo- like w- the next but, episode yeah. is the the next episode is like the Cut Laquane episode, and there's that scene where Cut's Cut's children are teaching her how to play because she has no concept of play. Like she doesn't even know what playing is, and it's really sad. But so she starts kind of mimicking the other children. Like oh, this is how I catch a ball, and she has that moment where she's like, I caught it, Hunter! Yay! And so, like, that's what I find very interesting about Omega in this kind of first half of the show, because well, she that's really a, a, that's the thing that kids that's the thing that kids do. But I, you know, it it comes off with more than that. That might be part of her clone power is she's sort of like Ray, and she'll if somebody does something near, she'll she'll absorb it super fast. You know, she's mm-hmm. got a little bit of Neo, like I know karate now. You know. And I think that might be part of, you know, part of what they made her for to do. If I had to give her a superpower, I would say perception. Like, that is her superpower. Um, Because she's clearly watching, she's always watching the guys, which is why she's mimicking them. Um, And we, like, even just here with Hunter, like, he, like, poses and, like, she mimics him. Um, And, like, he holds up his hand and she follows. But we see her do that. At other places too and she starts picking up like their lingo and how they work and how they function um so i i would say like perception is her power because she's always watching and i think some of that comes from her being a medical assistant she has to be able to look at a situation and read it and she reads situations really well and we see that like later on when she learns how to like swindle people out of sabak yeah or or, yep. or whatever the board game is um, and that's what I forgot the lizard lady's name, but I love her. We'll, we'll find out her name in a few episodes when I remember, like, Carla. that's why, 
but like that's why um you know she's able to do that because she's a very perceptive person but i think some of it is the insecurity of she doesn't quite know who she she is and she's figuring that out as she as a lot of kids at this age does but like she's at like a super degree because she's a clone child that's been kept away from everything um so yeah um so that's why yeah I, i actually really like omega's introduction it took me a long time to warm up to omega and also figure her out because i wasn't quite sure what they were doing with her but like once it clicked i'm like oh she's a mimic that's what she that's what she's doing like it really makes sense for her especially in the world that she was raised in um i love this brig scene this entire brig scene like from start to finish is probably one of my favorite scenes of the show um just from like the little things like omega mimicking hunter which is very cute and her her discussion with crosshair that it's not his it's not his fault it's not his behavior that he's being controlled that's i i like especially in a post like order six it it actually reminds me of what ahsoka told rex because uh ahsoka and and, and omega it's it's like even the door open for redemption it is it is and and it really is a big setup to the season one finale of of Crosshair's Journey. Um, but it's also just a, a nice moment for the audience to be like, it's not the clone's fault. We need to remind the audience that like this could be very, it'd be so easy to villainize these guys. It's not the clone's fault. They have no control over what's happening. Um, so it's a really nice moment. But my favorite is Echo. God, I love Echo. He has known Omega for like 10 hours and, and he has that moment where he looks right at the, the regular and he's just like, if you harm her, you're a dead man. And I'm like, yes, Echo. Yes. Throw down for your daughter that you've only known for like five seconds. <laughs> I guess I should say sister because they're all sisters. Um, but I, I that moment is actually like what I, I rewatched that moment multiple times because I just love Echo in that. And like his like big dick energy of just like, I will fucking wreck you. If you touch a hair on her head, I will wreck you. And I was like, you think record's the strong one? I will rip your fucking head off <laughs> and your dick. So I love Echo. Um, and, you know, um, if you, I don't think I've ever said this. I Maybe I said in season seven, I don't remember. Tech is my favorite of the Bad Batch. I love Tech. I, I really like his character. Like, he's my favorite. I've always had a soft spot for nerds. But what I really like about Tech, especially here, is... He never once doubts Omega's abilities. Like, like they're all like, because Hunter's like, are you sure you want to come up, like, go up in the vents, Omega? And Tech's like, send her up in the vents! She's a fucking clone! She's trained for this! Exactly. And from day one, Tech treats her like an equal from the start. He never puts kid gloves on her. He Like, everybody else kind of babies her, but he treats her like an equal from day one. Because he's probably the only one who has any kind of clue of the implications of her existence and stuff. And he's the only one who's putting any pieces together on it other than they're like, our new sister and friend. You know, he's just sort of like, "Mm, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's obviously the the cloners have been like highly interested in working on her. So, you know, he knows he knows something's up and, you, you know, and. He knows what's up when they fine tune a clone that they're a badass. So, yeah. Um, and like, I, I personally like code him as neurodivergent because he just doesn't get emotions, which is a very neurodivergent thing. But 
he still c- clearly cares for her. He's protective of her, but he also treats her like an equal from day one. And I've always liked that about Tech and Omega's relationship is he does not baby her. He's just like, no, she's one of the team. Why can't she shoot? <laughs> like, she clearly knows how to shoot and like send her up in the vents. Let's go. Like, why are we, why are we talking? Yeah. Um, and I've always liked that about him. So, but that's all I have for Act Six. So, are you ready to wrap the puppy up? Well, very, let's wrap very, this Lulu up. A very long Lula puppy. Okay. Act Seven. So, the Bad Batch move out to find Crosshair in their Jimmy Jams, and they're wearing their PJs. And they get to the hangar, and they're just like, wow, look at all of our shit! It's right here, right beside our ship. So they quickly get dressed, and as they suit up, Wrecker is very upset because he can't find his very special thing. And Omega looks over, and he sees the very special thing, and she picks up Lula. But there's no time for a Lula relationship, like reunion, because Crosshair arrives. And his badass meter has been pumped up to 11. And he's wearing a very early version of the Death Trooper armor from Rogue One. And he's just like, what's up, bitches? Look how I look now. Don't I look great? Last chance to join the Empire. And Hunter's like, wow, that's I, that's not a glow up, but you look great, I guess. So we're just going to leave now, if that's cool. And they go back and forth. And... And Crosshair's like, you had your choice, Hunter. Like, I'm here to stop you. So last chance to come join me and be cool and the bad side. And Hunter's like, nah, yeah, fuck you. So they all start pew, pew, pewing. And there's pew, pew, pews everywhere. And Crosshair's like, close the doors so they can't leave. And the regular clones run over and they hit the button. And the doors start to close until they don't. And... Cause and they're like, why aren't the doors closing? Cause surprise, surprise, Nala say is stopping the doors from closing, which is a twist from the same lady who murdered murdered fives. And they're like, sir, the doors won't close. And Crosshair's like, fuck. And so there's more pew pews, and it's not looking great. And they're starting to get pinned down. And Crosshair's like, ha ha, fuck you, Hunter. That is until Omega picks up a blaster fucking shoots Crosshair's gun out of his hand. And everyone just kind of stops and looks at her, and she's just like, hey, can we go now? And they're like, yeah, let's go. So Hunter, like, scoops up his sister and throws her on the ship, and they all jump on the ship, and Crosshair's like, fuck you! And they, the Bad Batch, except for Crosshair, get on the Marauder, and they fly on out of there. Woo! So after they get away, now let's say, goes to Lamasu and she's like, hey, the Bad Batch got away and they took Omega. And he's like, that's concerning, but we should also wait to see what the Empire does. Okay? And she's like, okay. But she doesn't tell him that she let Omega get away because Nalase has some sneaky bitch stuff going on. So on the ship, they're all treating Wrecker because he got his ass shot by Crosshair. And Omega's like, Here's your special thing to help you heal. And she saved his Lula. And Wrecker's like, my Lula. And like they hug it and they heal him. And Omega walks into the cockpit and she's seeing, like really seeing the stars for the first time. And they need to figure out a way, a place to go. And Hunter's like, we know a guy. We know a guy who cut and ran from the army. Ah! 
and all the Bad Batch just kind of stare at him because it's a bad joke. And Omega's like, I don't know what any of that means. And they sit her down, they jump into hyperspace because it's time to start a new adventure! The end! Woo! I actually have a Lula. Really? Our zoo made me one. I have, uh, it, it's, it's, it sleeps on my bed. It's, it's about, uh, probably a foot and a half tall. And she, she made it for me. So I have a big stuffed Lula and I love her. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that was cool. a really, that was a really nice present from our zoo. I was going to say, I didn't think they, that was like something that they mass produced. <laughs> no, no, mine's a special, it has wide hips and it definitely has some hips on it. And it's a sassy Lula because they got some white hips. What do you think of Act Seven? I have I have one question for you. Yes. Do you know the name of the ancient Kaminoan sex manual? <laughs> no. The Lama Sutra. Ah, you know, I'm sure someone. Someone has some, had to at some point. Someone yes. at Lucasfilm was probably like, "Hey." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably where it came from. My <laughs> only note is, like, it seems to me that with the animated shows, and and this is a little different, whereas a lot of times in their first season, they'll sort of mirror one of the movies or, like, the dynamics of something. Like, like Rebels, definitely, like, the first season had, a, like, a mini Star Wars feel. It all had a little mini Tatooine feel and, a, like, a mini Luke Skywalker and a sort of Han and a Chewie and uh, on a little on a ship and having adventures. And this one, but this one seems to be just sort of, like, doing a little parallel with The Mandalorian with, you know, inheriting yeah. inheriting a young man that's extremely impressionable into, you know, from from into violence you know and that uh, was a very common comment that came out after this episode and this this season is constantly compared to season one of the mandalorian and i think and that's i think actually they, one of my notes about why i feel like this season is very safe because there's a lot of beats with the mandalorian yeah it, it's it's safe but i think they do it for a reason and they do it to to do it you know so i mean it's a story well, that works it's it's gonna it's gonna it's going to it's gonna go in a different it'll branch off in a different direction and why you know so you'll get to see the parallel sort of the parallels between them and how they're different you know and there's going to be some point where they cross you know or at least boba fett or something you know that but those two worlds are going to cross at some point. So they're giving her a little bit of you know, a p parallel existence with Boba Fett, where at a young age, she's she's sort of, you know, learning from a, a, a band of not misfits. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, outlaws. That's so, true, because like Boba was essentially raised by like Orisine, Cad Bane and Hondo Anaka. Right, and look how right. he turned out. <laughs> right, right, but she's she's with a she's the but they they were all pretty evil, and uh, you know this is this is a different this this is different you know so but it, it's 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 variations on a theme and and yeah I don't know like because I don't know how safe they I think they have had to feel they had to play it because I think there's already a built in 
you can count on the the people you know the the audience for the cartoons are the cartoons the animated stuff are are I, I think for the most part fairly loyal, maybe not so much with uh, resistance, but this is definitely you know more in the the Clone Wars and and Rebels vein. And so, um, can I tell you my theory? Sure. My theory about why this feels a little safer, and they do push some things like you know crosshair fucking murders like four people with a a flamethrower in a couple episodes right like they do push some things but the structure of the story there's nothing very like pushing the story or buttons or progressive themes of star wars in bad batch season one which is why i say it feels safe my theory though is is the platform because clone wars is a different beast it was on cartoon network um that was it's a completely different network But when we got to Rebels and Resistance, both under the Disney era, they they were a touch safer early on. But about the time, especially when Resistance came out, they were in cable hell. And but it was in that transover period where people were leaving cable and moving to streaming services. So they really we talked about it a lot in Resistance about how they really pushed a lot of stuff. They pushed queer content. They pushed a very diverse cast with diverse voice actors. They pushed a lot of like really dark themes in in Resistance because it was hiding in a cable wasteland where more people weren't looking at it. Now that we're on Disney Plus, which is excelling exceptionally and more eyeballs are on it, Feels like they fell back onto safer stories, both in like Mando and Bad Batch. Like, there's nothing like super gay about these shows, and there's nothing like, like anything like that. You know, you get what I'm saying. So, yeah. I think a lot of it is the platform. So, like, they're taking some chances in, uh, uh, like, here and there, but they're not constantly, they're not experimenting because we talked about that a lot. Like, love or hate resistance, it's swung for the fences every episode. And sometimes it smashed a home run and sometimes it struck out. But it never was afraid to try new things in Star Wars. They can't do that here because they if can If it had been resistance. a huge success, they probably would be doing it a lot more, you know. They would probably be doing. And and this is also all – that's a good point. This is also post-Last Jedi. We know right. that Resistance was being made alongside Solo and The Last Jedi. And it was finished before Tross was even written. We know this. These were all made post slash Jedi where there was this crazy like and not great fandom backlash by dude bros. So everything since then has felt very safe. So some of it I I think is the platform where eyeballs are on this. So they want to like not take as many chances, but also and they, they can't hide it in cable hell. But also it's also post slash Jedi, which Lucasfilm clearly has changed a lot of their storytelling post slash Jedi. And we know that because of well, that. I think even more knows. important, it's post post Mandalorian. <laughs> so yeah, this it, had to be. It, this, there's this, definitely this, going to be a change in all the yes. Star Wars after Mandalorian. But keep in mind, animation takes longer to make. So this was being made before Mandalorian, because animation takes like like this. Would this has to be? This was probably being made when season seven was being made, because animation just takes longer to make. Season two was probably done by the yeah, time. Yeah, but when they were developing Mandalorian, they were probably yeah. still were, you know, and it's Dave Filoni's in both of them. So, yeah. you know, 
So it's it, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think there's there's a lot to be to be discussed there. But that's my that's my theory. That's my hope tinfoil hat theory. That's not that tinfoil. I don't yeah. think. That's all Thank I you. really that's all I really had to discuss for for the um, end part. I, I love the season one par- parallel of Omega leaving, like how Ezra left Lothal for the first time. Uh, it's a little bit different because she's looking on in wonder and he's just like, I'm in space and I'm going to die. <laughs> but it still has like those like moments of like Ezra, like leaving the planet for the first time. Um, Nala Say is an interesting character. You know, she tried to murder fives and now she's helping Omega get away. And well, I really... yeah, she's a plotter, so plotters don't care that they, they do whatever in what. Here's the know, difference. Their interest. Here's the difference to me. I, like she personally made Omega and raised her, so I think to her Omega's like her daughter. Where Vice was yeah. just a specimen, was a rogue not, specimen I, that went off. I'm not a hundred percent sure that like Kaminoans wouldn't feed their daughter into a meat grinder. <laughs> so like. I, and I, but not, I think that's, I think, yeah, Kaminoans. It's, yeah, it's open to, they're, they're so like. No, 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 you're right. Kaminoans, but we're talking about a singular person. I think Nala Say, we're st- seeing that Nala Say is starting to see the writing on the wall. The Empire is fucking crazy and about to drop them all. And I think she right. sees the writing on the wall. And I think she does actually care about Omega. But she also is like, Omega's my meal ticket to get out of here, too. And we know that because she gets captured by the Empire in the season two finale and taken away. They murder everybody else, but they keep Nalase. And they take her in because she's an expert in cloning. Um, so I, I, I but I, I really hope that we get to see more of Nalase in season two because I feel like there's a very interesting character there because all she does for the rest of the season is undermine Tarkin and undermine Lama Sue because she wants to keep Omega safe. I don't, we know, is that for feelings? We don't know. If it's just save her work, we don't know. And I think that's where I'm interested in seeing her in season yeah. two because we don't know if it's because of her feelings or her work or her both. And I want to see her in season two. I think, I think she's so interesting. I think we will. I think yeah. we will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what we were talking about, about Dr. Pershing. Like, why Dr. Pershing was so important in, in, in Mandalorian. And we'll talk more about Pershing later um, in the season. In this, uh, at least I will talk more about Pershing in the season one finale. Because, hey, we see his outfit on somebody else. So it's a thing. Um, so I think what makes this op- also this episode work really well for me is it's 70 minutes. And the 70-minute timeline is great because they can really take the time to flesh out the changing world, phasing out the Jedi and the Clone Wars for this new world. They introduce Omega, and we start seeing more of the Bad Batch as individuals because we both talked about it in Season 7. Hunter was boring as fuck in Season 7 of Clone Wars. He was Everybody else was so dramatically out there, but what's, ni- <clears throat> what's nice about this here is they actually took time on Hunter. To really flesh yeah, out. they. I think they had to because he was just almost too much like Rambo or something. So he was and almost he was too like an '80s cartoon character, and they had to, they had to, they had to beef him up, and they did it. It was fine. They did it like immediately. And they're all one note in season seven, but he was one note and boring. You know, like everybody at least had exciting one notes. He was just like there. And so 
I think this 70 minute format was really smart because they were able to show, like set the tone, the change, the world change, um, finish off the clone wars and also really let the bad batch like each have their own moments too and establish crosshair as the villain. So it's all great. I love it. I love it. So did you have anything else for aftermath? I do not. Okay. Chris scrubbed episode. I gave it an eight. I, I I liked it a lot, but I I I I know I like a lot. I I I like this season a lot, so I'm I'm looking forward to the. I I think they could have, they could have tightened it. There were points of it where it got a little dialogue heavy, and some of the dialogue was not. Well, I don't know. It may be necessary, but it didn't seem like they. It seemed like there were portions of it that they could tighten up. But the parts that I like, I really like in it. The 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 mood and the the uh, atmosphere in this one are really strong, which is very Clone Warsy to me. And and like they said at the beginning, they're telling stories like Clone Wars. That's sort of true, but they don't have as wide. Uh, like Clone Wars had so many characters that you could follow for an arc and change up for an arc. This one's a little more focused. But I can totally see how it's sort of, it's it's sort of, it's sort of in, incorporating the like really like one sto- one main story arc, but like you know mini adventures instead of like three or four arcs that might concern different people in Clone Wars, you know, in different directions that don't don't even have to relate to each other at all. So this is all going to be more interrelated, but it's going to have to because it's going to be puzzled in with all the rest of them mm-hmm. so i'm looking i'm looking for i'm looking forward to the the rest of the season i'm definitely looking forward to rewatching the rest of the season because like i said i i had problems on my first watch through so i'm excited to see it again to see if i still feel that way um for me though this episode is stellar it takes every it takes the beautiful tower that clone wars built and then just knocks it over and in like the most dramatic way possible. And it's done so well. The 70 minute timeline is so good. And it's it kind of, I hope we keep this standard in animation where it's just like, you know, we're going to do 70 minutes. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope um, they keep budget that budget up there. Yep. 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 So I, I, think this is a stellar first episode because it's a movie. I give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, you really so you're right. Love... You did score higher than me. Yeah, like I I really love this episode. Like it is a great opening salvo. So well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on Apple Podcasts, Twitter, and on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. We're not going to do any po- uh, feedback today. this week because we're running really long. It was a super long episode. But... but... <laughs> we are we didn't do it all through the mandalorian mostly because we forgot and we're dumb so we are returning to our candy ways oh oh hope this is old school candy and this I, is mallow cup oh my god so it's got the it, oh. i need i will say because we might have some new people who have joined us for the first time what we're doing is chris hates american kit kats because he's a big old weirdo he hates American Kit Kats. So our friend Dario, who is a fly descendant, and Chris's co-podcaster from Eat and Beat It, another show that Chris does, 
since it's candy from all over the world to review. And we're actually starting locally today. We, today we have Boyer Butterscotch Smoothie Peanut Butter Cups, and they are made here in the United States. But we have all sorts of fun things. We have stuff from Turkey and Spain and Japan and Israel and Germany. So we're going to have just like a fun time this round. So today we have the Boyer Butterscotch Smoothie Peanut Butter. It smells amazing. Mm. And there's inside, real nuts. In did you get the? Did you get your your mallow cup box? Um. Look at the little piece of cardboard in your. Oh, look at that! Two dollars for every five hundred points. Hope these have been almost exactly the same since I was a little kid. For mal, really? I did not know this was a variation of a mallow cup. Mm-hmm. You used to. I guess you still get this in mallow cup. Mm. Oh my God! Old school prize tickets. I got. I got thirty. Thirty points. Hmm. So I only need four hundred and seventy more to get two bucks. It tastes. It's more nutty. I thought it would be more butterscotchy. It's more nutty than I thought it was, which is not a bad thing. It actually. Well, the peanut butter. Yeah, it's 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 like peanut. It's like a lot of. It's like a peanut butter cup. It's a peanut butter cup but with it's, nuts it's in the it. The chocolate, the chocolate is is butterscotch, and, mm. and this. But the nuts definitely, um, yeah. Um, Daria wrote us at the bottom of because he always sends us this big piece of paper, and he says, "Hey gang, New Year, new candy, lots of fun stuff in this batch. Hope you guys enjoyed the candy as much as I enjoyed listening to you. Please be safe, and I hope your new year is off to a great start. Sincerely, your candy correspondent." Dario. Thank you, Dario. We love you so much. Not just because you send us candy, but we adore you because you're a great human being. We love you very much, so thank you. Oh, we did it! I'm so... I will say, as much as I love the 70-minute episode, I don't like doing seven act recaps. <laughs> My throat hurts. Yes. My throat hurts so much right now. Oh, Chris, where can people find you? Mm, you can find me at tutufreaks.com That is our podcast website chock-a-block full of of podcasts you can also go to facebook see the two true freaks podcast page there and we post up all our shows there and also we have the two true freaks cantino which is sort of a place to hang out and as always we have and I just found out the, the 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 guy who runs our Twitter page, our J Guys and Jedi Twitter page. I found out he was traumatized as a as a youth by one of those Fisher Price wind up TV sets, which his sister hit him in the head with. Oh God! So I poor you were Gene. Be like, thought you were like it's gonna have a scary image on it, but no, like he just nope. hit him in the face. Nope, that's just my that's just my uh, my latest little tidbit of information for everybody about. Gene Gene, the the childhood trauma machine. <laughs> Alright, so that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? That was bizarre. I know, I was like, you know, we might have new listeners for the first time. This is a great intro. Let's go. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jacob. J- the Bad Batch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're still classy as ever, Chris. It's fine. Um, uh, See, so still classy. Oh, uh, well, you can I've find us. A whole Lama Sutra on um, 
and Chewbacca's wife. Mm -hmm. I do that on my grande boyfriend. Anyway, well, you can find us at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter. That's our Twitter Better account. Better than you the drama sutra. You can also, oh, honey, well, um, you can also find us, uh, find me at Home Wallamax on Twitter. Um, I also have. What do I also do? I also write for the Geeky Waffles. I'm one of their staff writers, so you can see all my work over there. And I'm about to start writing my recaps of both Owl House and Amphibia um, again over at the the Geeky Waffles. So if you're friends of the show, you can go see them over there. And Disney Disney decided to release them back to back together because before Owl House was the spring show. And Amphibia was the, the fall show, but now they're both back to back on the same day. So Hope's excited and really happy her shows are coming back, but also not looking forward to that writing schedule. So yeah, go check out the Kiki Waffle, and you can occasionally hear me on Space Waffles, which is my friend Arzu's podcast. It's her Star Wars podcast, and you hear me talk about stuff over there. Hey, I'm excited for next week, though. As of right now, because as I said, I, I am excited to go back through the rest of the show again. But as of right now, standing next week's my favorite episode of the season. I was going to say, we're getting to re revisit one of Hope's favorites. My One of my favorite Clone Wars episodes. Yep. My, 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 one of my absolute one of my favorite, favorite characters. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite Clone Wars episodes. Like, it's it's in my top 10 episodes of Clone Wars. And I love The Deserter. It was my 10 for 10 episode of, I think it was season two that it came out. Like, I love that episode. And we get to come back to Cut Queen and Sue and their children next week when we talk about Cut and Run, which we were both very salty about because we made that joke like four years ago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they stole our joke, Chris. They always do. I know. Well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Roger, roger.